Miko, you're a bookie. Or at least you know <laughs> get a few. Out of here. What kind of odds can I get on the Spaniard money line? <laughs> Plus twelve hundred. <laughs> Depends. I'll take match. them. Give me a hundred. That's good. That's good. Give you me got me there. On it. I've, I've got him going all the way through the bracket, all the way to Rome. Movie tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspects. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm gonna make him an awful game. Definitely interesting insight into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. Mark, what are we watching this week? That was great. That was great, first of all. But uh, for those of you that didn't catch the (laughs) Spaniard reference... We're going back to 2000, the year we all graduated high school, and we were watching Gladiator, the Ridley Scott Best Picture winner, epic, Russell Crowe starring. For those of you that have not seen this, then stop listening, go watch it, but for those of you that uh, have forgotten what this is about, it's uh, a dying Marcus Aurelius plans to name his loyal and brave general Maximus as his successor in order to restore the power of the Roman Senate. However, his power-hungry, jealous son, Commodus, learns of the plan, murders Marcus Aurelius, and plans to execute Maximus in order to secure his claim to the throne. Maximus escapes execution, but is sold into slavery and is forced to become a gladiator. Eventually, Maximus and his fellow gladiators are sent to Rome to perform for Commodus. Through his bravery, he wins over the masses and reveals his true identity. Much to the chagrin of Commodus, can Maximus use his newfound popularity to avenge Marcus Aurelius' death? Or will Commodus be able to keep the throne? Thank you, JGP from IMDb (laughs) for his thorough recap of Gladiator. Really good. I know. Really good. I'm still, I got into it. I'm still just in... jazzed that I got plus twelve hundred on the Spaniard. Yeah. A, I, I gave those odds off the top of my head too. <laughs> That's legitimately what the what the book would have him at. <laughs> I, I believe it. I, coming from nowhere, <laughs> he's got to go through. He's got to go through tigers and get like carriages. A lot of, a, a lot of rigged <laughs> fighting is what he has yeah, to go through. There's the odds are stacked, but I, I I'll I'll throw my hundred hundred on him. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Mo- moment I'm, in time I i'm like so happy get- wait real quick i'm so happy to be here tonight fellas seriously like i am so pumped up for this movie right now so. nick is like buzzing i have not seen nick like this excited or this energized this might, might be the most energized i've seen him for a podcast <laughs> i you we've got to go first moment in time how when did this movie change your life nico so coming off a great decade of movies in the 90s Literally in March of 2000, the new decade, the, the new century, me, Josh Richard, and Dan Hare ditched class senior year to go see this thing. Didn't have many expectations. We did that new AMC in Westminster, Jeff. Nice. And I remember we were driving to Josh's Tacoma. Just so cool. And I think we saw it, and it was a big deal, but I, I don't think I was fully appreciated it or was mature enough to really get it. But I just, to this day, still wish friends would pick me up on a Friday and ditch work or school and go watch a movie. It just doesn't happen anymore. So it's just one of those great memories. But... Over the last 20 years, every time I see it, it just pumps me up so much, and I just appreciate it each time, probably more than I did the last. And after I visited Rome, it was on like a whole new level. It's like all I could do was watch and think about this movie. So, fond, fond place in my heart. Top 50 of all time. I love that. I, yeah. I, and I love that you mentioned the Rome connection. Yeah. I feel like this movie would be extra special, too, if I've been to the Coliseum. So. Yeah. Kudos to you for throwing that in there. I can uh, I, I vicariously live through that moment because I'm not making it to the Coliseum anytime soon. But yeah, I remember this movie. It came out about a month before we were graduating from high school, like I said, right when we started. And that was just a crazy year in, in, for all of us because of important memories starting in our life. So I kind of right. just... I don't really remember my theatrical experience to Gladiator. I just remember... I mean, I remember loving the movie. I know it won Best Picture, obviously, but 
That being said, I, I, I love this movie. Every time I, I get to revisit it, I really enjoy it. And I, I nothing changed <laughs> in regards to that. So it was a great rewatch, as always. But uh, what about you, Jeff? Moment in time. I think you do remember when you saw this. Um, not, not actually. Uh, oh, I did no, see this okay. movie in the theaters. I don't really remember much about who I saw it with, when I saw it, other than liking it. I'm pretty sure it was opening weekend. Uh, what I do remember, though, is this is one of the first DVDs I ever owned. Ah, and okay. It reminded me of how much I used to love collecting DVDs, which in turn reminded me of my college friendship with you, Mark, <laughs> and how many days you and I would walk over to Big B's uh, right there off the UMLV dorms. Which Big B's? Uh, Big they B's a was a used record store that also record had CD used and DVD store. Yeah. yeah, and you could get DVDs like for like at that time when DVDs were going for like twenty bucks, you can get them for like what five ten bucks there. Mark? <laughs> I remember those days. Yeah, I remember they were, these days. They were definitely. I mean, we were getting and hard to find movies because, too. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sometimes they had like, which, um, and it just it really brought me. It's an iconic, like wow. Case thanks for, me. for bringing me back to memory lane. Jeez, yeah, cool. it's I didn't expect to think of Big B's tonight. Wow. Kate, it just, my memory flooded back. So I pulled the DVD to watch, like, the making of documentary or whatever. Yeah. And, like, memories just came flooding back. And it's because it's one of the first cases that I had. And it's just, I, I'll probably always associate DVDs with that box because being one of the first ones of many that I owned. And it brought me back to how, like, pleasurable experience it was to go DVD shopping. Yeah. That's um, funny. That there's you, definitely this is movie's definitely tied in nostalgia for all of us. So, I can tell. Yeah. so okay. So what's cool that you brought up the DVD aspect is I don't even know if you knew this, but Ridley Scott loves the fact that the DVD exists because he he's a he's a big proponent of like all those special features that they they did for, and it has a lot of great ones in it. That's fascinating, and that brings me to a question I have for both of you guys. What's that? And just because I know both of you had great DVD collections like myself. We would actually always compare our DVD collections. Yeah. Nerd alert! How unsatisfying is it to buy a movie on streaming now? It's not the same. You don't have that. Remember the CD case that we put our DVD movies yes. in? Yes. I remember even like stacking them on the wall and like looking at the case. I'm talking yeah. like even coming from the store, having it in my car, and like setting it on the table. Of like right. this, like like I, I'm coming back from a hunt, and I I, I got something good. It's I got a deal so... on a DVD today. <laughs> oh my seven dollar an hour. Or I just added something to the collection. Now my collection's complete. I have Breakfast Club or some shit like that. Yeah, totally. It it just it's so like clicking on a button that's then going to show up on my TV that I'm probably never going to watch, and I can watch a hundred other times because it'll be on any other streaming. Like the whole experience is like. I probably own like two movies in streaming, and that's just because it seems stupid to pay the rental fee when it was a dollar more to buy it. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I hate I'm it. totally with you. So <laughs> I love anytime we use a we do a movie that I own the DVD on. I love getting to use the I DVD do too because <laughs> going, I do too. Mark. I love going to. So I love sorting that. through those special features and stuff. It gives me added content for our podcast. So I. I I love it, and uh, I'm all for DVDs. Yay, media! Yay, hard one, media! One last <laughs> note for our listeners, just of like, just of trivia. It's actually one of the reasons that um, it's harder that less movies are made nowadays because DVD. And there were so many movies made in the late '90s, early 2000s, because DVDs were a huge profit boost to Hollywood. Yeah, and. It's one of the reasons so many theatrical releases came in because they could almost always make money on the DVD. And when that DVD market went away, they don't make nearly as much on streaming. Mm -hmm. They still make some. They still still make plenty, but it's one of the reasons there's not so many there's not as many releases in Hollywood now. Yeah. I don't trivia. feel bad for them though, but yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I feel bad for us getting less movies. Yeah, I do too. Uh, all right, getting right into it. Uh, Mark, what worked for you? Okay, so over the years, I've really come to adore the grandness and spectacle of how epic this movie is in terms mm. of action and set pieces. And all the fight scenes, they're just brilliant. And this is Ridley Scott. It's his best film for me. His attention to detail, it's very noticeable with the execution of the action sequences. 
Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix, Oliver Reed, Connie Nielsen, Dejman Hansu. They're all wonderful in their roles. I think that's part of the reason why this movie got Best Picture on top of it. You, you needed... You needed these good character actors, these good characters to carry these action set pieces along. And I really, at the end of the day, I love the metaphor for mortality that just kind of runs throughout. And we see that theme with the wheat field and the hands at the beginning and the end. And he kind of describes that as his version of heaven with Marcus Aurelius early on in the film. And I kind of just love how that theme goes throughout. But uh, what about you, Nico? What works? I know you love this movie. <laughs> I do. There's so much. The plot, it really does. I don't know. I'll get into the screenwriter later. I'm sure Jeff will too. But I, I mean, this is... They, they nailed it perfectly. They really did. I'll give you a little nugget right now. I mean, this movie to pitch to DreamWorks took about two minutes. And Steven Spielberg said, yeah, it's the Gladiators, the Coliseum. Let's do it. Let's make it. And it's very rare that they'll deliver on this level. And I seriously think this is probably the best... Roman Colosseum movie ever made. But I think the friendship with Dijmon Honsu and Russell Crowe really works well. I wish I had a friend telling me, hey, hold on, you're not ready to die yet. And it's just the chemistry between them two was probably my favorite of this entire movie. <laughs> and they weren't even friends in that moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was like early on. I, that is a good I, moment, though. Yeah. I love the leadership of Maximus, how everybody just draws to him, and you see it in every tiny bit of every scene. He's just definitely the leader in every scene. And that really took a lot from Russell Crowe to deliver and act on that level. And I, I bought it. I really did. I, I, I don't buy it physically because he's only six foot tall. And there was a lot of characters that probably should have beat him. But I bet his leadership and his knowledge of being a warrior. It just delivered so well that you can't help but... This is Russell Crowe's best movie too. Enough, if I haven't said it enough yet or if it needs being said, Nico, don't die yet. <laughs> <laughs> um... Please, I wish don't. I had that. Can you remind me of a text as the days come on? <laughs> I feel like I feel like we've all been letting Nick down this last night. Yeah, you guys are know. not as good of friends as Juba played that's, by that's, Team Mario. That's, that's the so definition of friendship, Jeff. We've really blown it the last twenty plus years. Oh man, I'm gonna, you might get a text the rest of your life, with Nico. Don't die today. Not, no, uh, just say not yet. Don't say no not yet. Just say not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. All right. Uh, yeah, this movie, it, the action sequences are some of the best ever caught on screen. Uh, this was done right before CGI ruined everything. Literally, I think that's what makes this movie so special <laughs> is, to your point, Mark, the spectacle. Uh, if they were to make this movie today, it would be a bunch of CGI and it would not be nearly as interesting. Mm-hmm. The score is one of Hans Zimmer's best. Yep. Uh, yeah. Damn, and, I forgot but, that. You're so right. <laughs> I wrote it down. I wrote well, I wrote down a line here that I, I just they don't make movies like this anymore, and they probably never will again. Yeah. Uh, just the with that sheer size and scope, like you said, Mark. I mean, it's all going to be done on computer from now on. Uh, this is both a period piece and a fight movie. It's got big ideas and great action. What more could you want? Yeah. Fucking uh, it, Jeff. Nope, you nailed it right there. Yeah, yeah he yeah. really did. That was a good. Uh, so, good. Good summative there. Yeah, I, I have my moments. Uh, for, for, for a guy who doesn't even like this movie in his top 50, here we are. <laughs> He's nailing hey, what works best. It, it's so rewatchable, movie. though. Like, this is a movie you could put in at any time, and I could just, like, it could just be on, like, replay, and I could just continuously watch it. So, yeah. It, yeah. It's up It's up there. Uh, favorite scenes. Let's, Ooh. Nick, let's go with you first. I'll let you Ooh. get first pick. Uh oh. So, Don't this do is, it. Don't I steal. actually. <laughs> Don't steal my thunder. I'm not going to. I'm not going to because I think I, I'm kind of off on a scene here. But my favorite scene is actually when um, when Commodus kills Marcus Aurelius and they have that talk and they're crying to each other. And there's kind of this father-son moment gone wrong, obviously. And I talked to my dad. I said, is there anything you want to add to this podcast? Because my dad is he's a brilliant historian and a lawyer, but mainly in his hobbies a historian. And he wanted me to point out how much Marcus Aurelius failed Commodus. And I know we get built up that, that Joaquin Phoenix is this awful villain and all that, but I mean, Marcus Aurelius was really a shitty dad. I mean, he valued all the wrong things and passed up what mattered in life. And clearly overlooking his son, and, and he didn't become a bad son on purpose. You know, Wait a He's, second. Are you making of, an argument for defending Commodus' nonsense? Yeah, a little bit. And that's, that's, really? that's straight from my argument. dad. That's your boy, Dad. No, no, great... I agree with Nick. I almost agree with completely everything everything you're saying here. I mean, Marcus Rice was worried about ruling for 25 years of Commodus's life, which is the majority of his life. 
He was also and, a shitty surrogate father. He fucked over, <laughs> and in his death, he fucks over his fate. The guy he said he should have been his son, and he gets his whole family killed. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. So wait, hold on. So okay, so Marcus Aurelius is too busy taking over the world, and now you're you you're mad at him because he wasn't a good enough dad. I just think in that one scene, it really comes out. At the out same with... time? Where's his mom? Can we blame his mom in this? We don't even know his mom, right? Like, actually, hold on a second. Uh, when we get oh, into faction, fact or fiction, there's historical... There's actually why are we just blaming Marcus Aurelius for everything? <laughs> well, there's, I'm just telling you, that there's, scene... There's historical fact in what Nick said, actually, too. There's, <laughs> there's very much a very touching point up there. I mean, he's on his knees blaming himself for his failed son. You know, and I think that that, that is my favorite scene for that reason. And I, I'll go all the way to the end. I love, I love the... The tryst and the betrayal of Maximus. I love it all the way until when they send him away to get killed. I love that whole thing all the way to the end. Even the soldier's death. I mean, that's like the most interesting five minutes of the movie, if you ask me. And that's my favorite scene. Okay. I love, I mean, I love the scene, obviously. I mean, Richard Harris and Joaquin Phoenix, they're doing yeah. great work together. Yeah. So it's not like it's a crappy scene by any means. I just, <laughs> it's, uh, I stole some thunder there because all of a sudden I just got frustrated because I'm like, wait a sec. This guy's busy ruling the world, and you're over here just blaming him for Joaquin Phoenix being shitty. So <laughs> Tom Brady's still a good dad. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, that's the best line of the night. Was it George I mean, Bush Jr.? Wasn't it George Bush's senior's fault? <laughs> we're, we're only 16 minutes in, and we just got a, Tom Brady worked in in a great, great way. Don Jr. Jeff, Jeff kind of what's your Don favorite senior. scene? What's your favorite scene? <laughs> My favorite scene is his first fight in the Roman Colosseum. Oh, I should have started talking. I should. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about. You knew you were gonna get robbed. Get out of uh, here. Go ahead. Jeez. The Battle of Carthage. The Battle of Carthage. I'll give you the Battle of Carthage. Not just that first scene. I like That's... the show. I actually like the kind of showdown um, with between him and Com- um, Commodus, Commodus in the uh, um, in that first scene when Commodus comes down. He's like, I gotta see him. And he turns around. He's like, I'm a nobody. And then um, I was saving it for favorite quotes. Should I just say it now? Yeah, say it now. Sure. Right. Deliver it well, though. Yeah, but give it justice. My name is Maximus Decimus Murdius, commander of the armies of the North. <laughs> General you already of the... butchered it. I know, I couldn't say the rest. I'm starting over. Right. My name is Maximus Decimus commander Meridius. Commander of the armies of the North. General of the, General of the Felix Legions and loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Like Boom! You- my name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance. In this life or the next. You want to talk like, like before, like you want to talk like getting pumped. Like I can watch. I might just watch that scene before going to the gym from now on. Yeah. <laughs> like I've got insider info on that scene later on, but yeah, I and, totally agree. I mean, this uh, movie just, is full of great quotes. And, and that is just the face, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's face when he realizes who it is, like the fact that he gets that chance to say it, the tension we have because he picks up the dagger, and then Lucius stands in front. And he realizes it's not the time to like seek his vengeance quite yet. That he can make it a better vengeance. There's a not lot yet. going. Not yet. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot going on in that scene, and I just, I love it. Mark, yeah. talk about the Battle of Carthage. I, I left. I left you the. I left you. The uh, so yeah, the Battle of Carthage. I just love awesome. that scene. It's. I think it's the best scene in the movie, hands down. It's the coolest. It's the biggest action set piece. It's the the first fight. And I love the moment where we see Commodus like making fun of <laughs> Russell Crowe or Maximus on the horse, and he's like, "Ooh, like ooh!" <laughs> and then at the very end, he leans over. He goes, "You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't the barbarians supposed to lose?" <laughs> everything about that scene is perfect. I love, 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 love everything about it. And like Nick mentioned earlier, Maximus uh, being you know a great general. We really see that leadership and the, the yeah. and that role just shine right there. He asks if anyone has military experience. He says we need to stick together. He puts together a plan. He executes it perfectly. Yeah. It's awesome, and it's such a such an amazing action set piece. 
it, it's just incredible. It's the it's hands down the best scene in the movie for me. I can watch that scene, that fight sequence, it over and over and over again. I think it's I I love it. I absolutely love 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 that scene. And then uh, I love the scene with Connie Nielsen and Joaquin Phoenix where he says, "Am I not merciful?" That's oh, amazing. Um, I, I am. I know I'm just randomly talking about another scene, but I can't not make mention of it. Connie Nielsen's so good in this movie. She's oh, she's, she's awesome, and, and I don't have a spot for her on the metal podium. But and I'm not doing an honorable mention. But there, I just found a way to do one, didn't I? <laughs> so. <laughs> You cheating son of a bitch. I yeah. am a cheating son of a bitch, but I love that scene. And the I just I just wanted to make note of it because Joaquin Phoenix ad libbed that line, and you can tell now after I read that after I read that because she is scared shitless yeah. when he does that oh, yeah. scene, and it totally makes sense because she had no clue that that was about to happen. <laughs> Any other scenes? I mean, this whole movie has just like a lot of good scenes. I mean, I love the ending scene. I do. And I, and I have that in my quotes, and I'll dive right in that too. But Do it. he That's says, great. "Now we are free. I will see you again, but not yet, not yet." And they got, "Now we are free." Playing, and he's burying the little pieces under the sand. I, I love that. That part gives me goosebumps every single time. Like I said, their friendship is such a meaningful part of this movie. Yeah. So, I love the scene where Proximo explains to Maximus how to win the crowd. Yeah, that's a um, great one too. To God win damn his it! Freedom. Yeah, yeah. I will win the crowd. I will give them something they've never seen before. I, I kind of really love when he escapes, when he escapes his execution. I'm always a big fan of when like the hero grabs a sword and like his hands don't just like start bleeding instantly. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. No, I, but I, I just, it, that seems badass the way it plays out. It you is know badass. He's going to do something. I love when they, I love that line when the uh, sword sticks. Oh, the yeah. frost. That's, yeah. uh, <laughs> That's my about, favorite quotes. The thing about the frost. Go ahead, deliver it, Nick. I don't have it written down. Hit the frost, it. sometimes it makes the blade stick. That's and you're just is. like, oh, that motherfucker's dead. Yeah. <laughs> it, like... It reminds me of like some of the great scenes in Taken, like right before like uh, Liam Liam Neeson says. Uh, and and for you, Mark, win the crowd and you'll win your freedom. That's he says, right. "I'll give the crowd something they've never seen before." And yes, I love it. We're in quotes. Does. This is perfect. What do you got, yeah. Mark? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Um. Okay, so there's a really good moment in the beginning of this film. And it goes unnoticed if you don't catch it and know the movie. Quintus says, people should know when they are conquered. And it's right before the battle of the opening scene. Uh, and Maximus says, would you, Quintus? Would I? Basically defending these you know, barbarians in the woods... And why they're still fighting, you know, why they're not willing to just give up. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, we've got Quintus totally knowing that he's been conquered. (laughs) And he totally is like, you just see the opposite between Quintus and Maximus' characters. And I just thought it was a really, I thought it was a really interesting moment. And we kind of see them pair back up at the end of the movie. And we come full circle with that whole scene of people should know when they're conquered. And I just thought it was a really good moment. And I wanted to include it in the quotes because I knew we would have already gotten the Maximus speech. We also can't forget, are you not entertained for crying out loud? It's in our intro, everybody. (laughs) So it's, it's, I mean, there's so many good quotes. So, I mean, there's, I could easily forget, are you not entertained? Love it. Anyways, Jeff, quotes, got anything for us? Yeah, uh, I got a couple here. Um, I have, at my single, unleash hell. At my signal, unleash hell. I, like, I might just say that from the next time I'm trying to get, like, a group of basketball (laughs) players I'm coaching to, like, do something. (laughs) I fucking love that. I was was ready to pick up a sword right there and go fight somebody. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the way he delivers it's so perfect. Yeah. I love uh I love when uh Connie Nelson's character says, Today I saw a slave become more powerful than the Emperor of Rome. That a lot of the delivery of these like lines so is Jeff, just great oh, gravitas. That's one yes. of my top ten favorite movie lines of all time. 
In fact, when I saw the um, the Roman Colosseum on Instagram, I tagged that exact line. Today, I saw a slave become more popular than the Emperor of Rome. It's so powerful. It defi- It explains a lot of the movie. I, I fucking love it. I really do. So I'd add strength and honor on that too. I'd add what we do in life echoes in eternity. But I mean, this this we'll talk about the screenwriting. This guy got heckled to hell for his writing, but it lives in infamy. What what didn't work? I just had one note. I had two, actually. One, this movie's too long. <laughs> Come and on. One of the reasons, it's weird, too, because, like I, like I said, this is one of the most rewatchable movies I can, like, think of. And one of the reasons I never rewatch this movie is I think about how fucking long it's going to take me to watch the damn thing. <laughs> um, it would definitely, if it was made now, be, like, a 10-episode, like, Netflix or something, because, and you could probably fit all this in better. It's also... It doesn't really bother me. It's more just a note, maybe a nitpick, and it's not even a bad thing. Is this the yellowest movie in cinema history? <laughs> Everything That's about this movie Come is so on. fucking Come yellow. On. Whoa, I didn't even catch that. So now the next time I watch it, hopefully I remember, because then I'm going to be like, It's just a huh. tent. It's very. I, know, I think no, it's because they shot it in the desert, but I think of this movie, I just think of yellow for whatever reason. Yeah, I think reason. they shot it for 19 weeks in Malta, I think. Um, I have it in Morocco and oh, Morocco in, uh, and in Tuscany. Okay, not Malta, but also very yellow places. But also for the record, very yellow places. That's such so, an awkward complaint. That Jeff, is, I've never heard that as <laughs> yeah. a complaint. But I, I love that you complained about it. To be honest, so I, I love it. <laughs> so for what didn't work? Okay, I'm with you. The movie's too damn long. But, Come on. But hold on. Okay, so let's talk about it. I say it's too damn long, and then I say, okay, what can I trim? Maybe there's some stuff with Joaquin Phoenix and Connie Nielsen that I can trim, but here's the thing. They're so good at their job that it doesn't need to be trimmed. It just basically, at the end of the day, the movie just feels long to get there, but I don't really know what I'm cutting, so it's kind of, it's it's more of a nitpick than a what didn't work. Uh, this movie's borderline perfect, so it's really my only thing and i can't cut anything so i just feel like some of the connie nielsen joaquin phoenix brother sister stuff takes away from maximus's like epic journey yeah we don't need as much of it but i don't mind any of it because they're so good so if that does that make sense (laughs) i think you're i think you're dead on i I totally agree if i had to cut anything it would be those scenes however i like them this is a damn near perfect movie What's funny is that I don't ever defend long movies. You guys know me. We've talked about this over and over again. How like I watched the three hour version of this tonight, and which is amazing. Yeah, no, and that's, <laughs> but it's funny. It's funny for me. You that you means hate. you got even longer scenes of Connie Nielsen. You'll you'll hear me say that Phoenix. you'll hear me complain about a movie being too long nine point five times out of ten. This is not one of them. But I agree. If I had to cut that, I would. I have no complaints. As you said, this is a damn near perfect movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Fact. Fact or fiction? Um, Ridley Scott. I'm gonna do a real quick version of this, real quick here, because Ridley Scott hired eight historians to work on the set of this movie and on the script because he wanted to make the most historically accurate Roman Empire film of all time. By the end of shooting, every one of them quit in protest over the film's <laughs> historical inaccuracy. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to do this a little differently tonight We're going to play a little game called Real or Fake Commodus, was he a real person or a fake person? Real He was real What was fake was his dad actually appointed him co-emperor In the last five years of his life And Okay, hold on, was his dad Marcus Aurelius? His dad was Marcus Aurelius Okay, cool, alright, so, so I didn't know He, he, didn't, uh, he didn't end the wars like it shows in the movie Actually, Commodus did by negotiating a very weak peace that actually proved very costly to the Romans later. Uh, and his dad didn't, so his dad actually appointed him upon his death. His dad had no wishes to restore the Senate. In fact, he locked in even more power for the Caesar, uh, for his son to rule. Uh, did, did Commodus ever fight in the Colosseum like he does in the movie? No. Not true. Fiction. Like, like in the movie, he did. But what the movie got exactly right 
was he would fix the fight by having his opponents opponents maimed prior to the fight to give himself an advantage so that he would win. This was actually a huge part to the beginning of his fall from popularity as a Caesar because the Romans really like respected their um, their games and they thought he dishonored the games by basically cheating to win and it really bothered them. His bodyguard, who he often forced to fight in the games, who was a gladiator as well, choked him to death in his own bed, in his own words, to save Rome from one of, from one of its worst emperors. And that's actually that story, the original script that was pitched from the movie on the movie, um, was based on that story on his bodyguard that he made fight as a gladiator who eventually killed him in his own bed. And they eventually rewrote all that. Yeah, thank God. (laughs) I stopped myself. Connie Nielsen's character. Uh, Real or fake? Fake. Real. Um, She was the sister of Commodus. She did have a child named Lucius with a father who died. She did have an affair with a Roman general. Uh, her and her son were executed when her brother Commodus uncovered a plot between her and members of the Senate to have her kill- to have him killed. So that was all based on real part of the story, on historical fact. Uh, Maximus, fake or real? Fake, real. Fake, but based on, but loosely based on three different men: Spartacus, the gladiator who led a slave revolt. Niceros, a gladiator that also served as Commodus's bodyguard and who event and who led to Commodus's death to, in order to save Rome, and a general who was a really good friend of Marcus Aurelius. So they kind of combined those three into one person. One last uh, fact or fiction here: Were the games exaggerated in the film? Yes. No, they underplayed them. And actually, in fact, the real games were like even more fuck, like ridiculous. And one of the things that I, th- I found very comedic in the real games, every gladiator was sponsored by a product mm. and they would wear their product, their right. sponsorship gear all over their body. They had and they didn't. I did see that. Yeah, that they didn't do that in the movie because they thought like audiences would, would think that that was fake. And they right. actually downplayed the games because the ridiculous shit that they did in the real games they didn't believe audiences yeah. would ever believe. They yeah. even flooded the arena all the time to like re to reenact real sea battles, and they would have gladiators battle in battleships in front of people. Like it's fucking crazy the shit the Romans did. Uh, anyway, fact or fiction? My verdict is I actually think it was uh, for something so long ago. I think they did a pretty good job with historical accuracy. I wasn't as bothered as the historians on the set, but. Historians are fickle. Stuff, yeah. I think they were really upset. I think the original screenwriter really liked the story of his bodyguard that then betrays him, that was his champion, and, and for the better of Rome, and I think they felt betrayed by that. Not saying it would be better, I just I think that's what bothered them. I, 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 like what they, I like what they did. I thought it ended up being very cinematic. Career Corner. Uh, Mark, who are we starting with this week? Ridley Scott, this is his best movie, right? Are we in agreement on yeah, that? I got no absolutely argument with that. Not. Oh, Jesus. Wait, what are we saying? Yeah, I said absolutely yes. What, what are you saying is better, Jeff? Alien. Easy. Uh, no. Mm. No, I mean, just going back to Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott's done ten good movies. Yeah. Okay? He's done ten good movies. And good for him, because he's a great director. Most, I mean, if you've done ten good movies, you're a great director, in my opinion. It's... I'm almost more disappointed in the fact that Russell Crowe won Best Actor than Ridley Scott not winning Best Director. My actual biggest disappointment that Oscar year, actually, I think that Joaquin Phoenix should have won Best Supporting over Benicio Del Toro in Traffic. Yeah, I wouldn't Joaquin have an issue with that either. Phoenix. I mean, that is, uh, this, it's so like good. A, it's an amazing uh, performance. I have a midnight pondering about Joaquin Phoenix, so we'll get to that. Anyways, let's move on to... Let's move away from Ridley Scott. We're all in agreement that he's good, right? We're Wait. all Ridley Scott fans? Ah! I, I think we asked this game before. Do, do, we prefer, do we really prefer him over his brother, Tony Scott? 
Um, Tony Scott's done some great movies. So, Enemy of the yes. State. I'm you going have to go into. This is a good question for you, Mark. You have to go okay. into a bunker. The world's ending. You have to go into a bunker, and you can take with you all of Tony Scott's DVDs, and those are the only DVDs you get to watch for the rest of time, or all of Ridley Scott's DVDs. You only can choose one. Uh, I'm going Tony Scott. I hate you. For I'm going Tony question. Scott too. I hate you for that question. <laughs> it's an unfair question. <laughs> Why? Because I don't like the answer that I. Because he loves you. Prometheus. Uh, it's definitely. I mean, Man on Fire is one of my favorite movies. I could care less about Man on Fire. I know you oh. love that movie, but True Romance is one of my favorite movies. Top Gun is. And that's so Tony Scott. And, I think it wins for and Top so Gun alone. <laughs> like Ridley but, Scott or Oliver Stone. Um. God, I think. Uh, Ridley Scott Stone. has ten good movies. I have them right in front of me. <laughs> He's got Alien, Blade Runner, Legend, Black Rain, Thelma and Louise, White Squall, G.I. Jane, Gladiator, Black Hawk Down, American Gangster. Prometheus. I mean, he's got other movies. I People like that movie. I didn't even like it. I, didn't I like, actually that. do like Prometheus. So yeah. I, I even like Alien I, Convent. So yeah. I'm a nerd. And I know you hated The Martian, but that won a Golden Globe for Best <laughs> Picture. So people I mean, like was, it. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he's a good director. So he is. I just he's love a good director. Buster. What about I Russell Crowe? I never Crow? know where to rank him. Yeah, Russell. Yeah, Crow. Okay, so let's talk Russell Crowe. He this won the, the height Oscar of his fame. This, this is the height of his fame. He came right up the Insider on this. This is. I mean, which is one of the best. Yeah, but nobody the saw the Insider. This is in uh, the middle. The, the Insider got nominated for an Oscars. I know, but nobody saw it. <laughs> I saw it like five times. I don't know what you're talking about. That was one of the most popular movies. A lot of people saw the Insider. That is definitely yeah. not one of the most popular. movies. I'm actually shocked you did. It definitely was. And what are you talking about? We're talking. Al Pacino and Russell Crowe. Who's not going to see that movie in 99? I'm going with Nick on this one. Yeah, what? <laughs> I'm going. Anyway, um, this is in the midst of one of the greatest 10-year runs in Hollywood history. Uh, you, said, you said that about Tom Cruise. So you, I know. There, that's he... also a great... That's I said one of. I didn't say the greatest. It's up, the, it's up there. So he does L.A. Confidential in 97. And then he does, then he, in 99, he does Mystery Alaska and The Insider. Mystery Alaska is excellent, if you guys haven't seen it. Um, no, the Insider, obviously, we were just talking about that one. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Gladiator in 2000. Proof of Life, that's a controversial movie. Some people like it, some people don't. I enjoy it. I, it was the end of Meg Ryan's career. Let's I'm not going to stand. I'm not going to stand here and die on a rock defending proof of life either, though. So we're going to move on. The end of Meg Ryan's career. That was <laughs> the end of, remember the, the affair on set? You don't remember all that? Oh, there was God. like an affair on set that buried her, and then the the we're into that. 2001, he does a beautiful mind. 2003, he does Master and Commander, which I hate, but everybody else in the world loves. I hate uh, it too. So I'm in the I hate yeah. club with 2005. You. That movie sucks, but whatever. 2005 Cinderella Man. That's a good movie. That's a great freaking movie, man. No, that's that, one of like, my then favorite. Good year in 2006, which isn't bad. Yeah. And then in 2007, he does 310 to Yuma and American Gangster. What a okay. fucking ten years. I'll, I'll give you that. That's pretty impressive. God damn it. Uh, only. I would say the greatest five-year period, but I love Cinderella Man that much that I'm willing to extend it ten years. That's how much I love Cinderella Man. That's the, one of the best boxing movies of all time. So, kudos. I agree. No fights. Well, I do have, before we move on, I do have one interesting note on Russell Crowe. So, he is famous for being difficult to get along on set. And being, a lot of directors, once they work with him, say they'll never work with him again. Ridley Scott, not one of those. He's actually worked with them several times. Uh, Russell Crowe is quoted when, when referring back to Gladiator that much of my reputation I've gotten over the years for being difficult to work with is because of this movie. Because during this movie, they rewrote the script. Like, I mean, they were doing rewrites every single day. It's hilarious. I'm sure Nick's going to get into it. Like every famous line, like there's like three people that take credit for the different lines it was kind of a beautiful disaster while it was being made. Uh, and Russell Crowe, I guess, really likes to go into roles prepared. And he likes to have his lines memorized. And he likes to do like his character work before doing it. And they were, they were rewriting his character constantly while writing this. And it was infuriating him. He also got, famously got injured. Like, he couldn't, like, crazy on the set. 
Um, he felt he was put in danger in the tiger scenes. And then they really pissed him off because the studio, one thing Russell Crowe likes to do during his off time is he loves playing soccer. And the studio wrote him a letter, a memo, asking him to refrain from stock soccer till the shoot was done. And he wrote them a memo back saying, you just put me in an arena with four fucking tigers. He needs to stop whining. I am they, not. They made sure those tigers were 15 <laughs> feet away from him. I, they says, I am not going to suck it up. Stop buttercup. playing soccer. But anyway, long story short, he, he said that he was agreeable and easy to work with and tell his experience on Gladiator. And he decided from then on he wasn't walking onto a set until he made sure that it was run professionally. <laughs> Which I thought was fascinating. That he just had such a bad experience making this movie that he claims that it ruined his reputation for all films going forward because he wouldn't put up with shit anymore. Good stuff, good stuff. So I mentioned Oliver Reed's name, and that was the guy who played Proxima, the slave owner, right, Nico? And he died while making this movie. He died of a heart attack. And he was a famous actor from the 70s, mainly... He was good friends with the coolest guy ever, Steve McQueen. And I saw this story. Steve McQueen told that in 1973, he flew to the UK to discuss a film project with Oliver Reed, who suggested that the two of them visit a London nightclub. They ended up on a marathon pub crawl throughout the night, during which Reed got so drunk that he vomited all over Steve McQueen. Okay. So I just love that story. Just the two of them just going out boozing all night. Mm -hmm. Now here's the sad part. He dies from a heart attack during a break from filming Gladiator in Malta. I knew I had Malta for a reason. (laughs) So here's the worst part about this, okay? According to witnesses, he drank eight pints of German lager, a dozen shots of rum, half a bottle of whiskey, and a few shots of Hennessy in a drinking match against a group of sailors on shore leave from HMS Cumberland at a local pub. His bar bill totaled about $600. After beating five much younger Royal Navy sailors at arm wrestling, he suddenly collapsed, dying while en route to the hospital in an ambulance at 61 years old. Jesus. Now, what makes this tragic is he had a history of like partying. And he met with Ridley Scott and said that he would be sober while they made the movie. But since they were on break, he, you know, he was pressured into this drinking competition, oh, no. and he didn't he 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 didn't mind <laughs> doing it. He he should have just you know he should have just left that bar, but you know because he made all these promises to Ridley Scott prior to filming, including that he wouldn't drink during production. Um. He worked around this by only drinking on weekends. Somebody <laughs> should have told have, Nick. Somebody should have yeah. told him not today. Yeah, not today. Well, I actually read during the notes too that uh, the producers asked him how often he drank, and he said he only drinks when he's partying. And they had to come back to him and ask, "How often do you party?" It was, it was a concern. <laughs> it was a yeah. concern. Co-star David Hemmings was a longtime friend of Oliver Reed's, and in 2020, he. Um, he promised to look after him, and he said to him that he's really sorry. Did you see that uh, Oliver Reed was disgusted by Russell Crowe's behavior on set, and he challenged him to a fist fight? <laughs> yeah, I did, I did, and he was sober. Like that was the, like he was sober for that. Like uh, <laughs> if he was drunk, they probably would have had a fist fight. I just, I'm just like, oh, at least all I was thinking was. Uh, thank goodness that, that, yeah, he wasn't drunk when that happened, and like Russell Crowe didn't kill Oliver Reed. On the, he didn't have his heart attack during the fight, and I he know. didn't. Uh, but maybe the pressure of it's just such a sad story, story. That this poor. They guy, the, you know. So the reason he dies when his back is turned is because they had yeah. to use. He wasn't supposed to die at the end of the movie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He was actually supposed so he, to. He was actually supposed to fight Maximus instead of Commodus. So they used a body double and then some CGI. They, they rewrote it. it work. Had, had him yeah. fight Commodus instead of um, he, was, he was supposed to betray him, and then Commodus names his character as his champion, which I think is kind of dumb. So mm-hmm. not happy he died, but I'm happy they didn't go that route, which is weird. Um, but yeah, and then they had to do a body double. Um, but to to Ridley Scott's credit, the studio asked if they could ed- if they should just edit him out, and Ridley Scott absolutely refused. He was not going to edit him out of his last movie. And I thought that was a cool Ridley Scout move. 
Yeah, no, and, and he shouldn't have. He, it was like the stuff between him and Russell Crowe is great. great. And that's funny that they agree. hate that he hated him, <laughs> but they still you know made it work. That's they did. That's like they so often do. Anyways, medal podium, Nico. Let's start it off, baby. Who are your medals going to? Ooh, that's very good. Can I give a fourth place since you you always do your honorable mention? I, you of platinum. course you can. I'm not stopping. <laughs> Dimanju Hansu, fourth Des- place. Desmond Hansu. Desmond Hansu, fourth place. God dang it. Fourth he's place. so good. This is my favorite movie of his, by the way. I know he's, he's been. In- Go ahead. He gets to sit down next to the third place podium. Right. I'm going to get into David Franzoni for the bronze medal. I'll get into him later. What? I, I have Ooh. a lot on him. The writer. The writer. You're yeah. giving the writer a bronze medal? Absolutely, I am. Okay. Absolutely, I am. I'm going like to give Joaquin Phoenix the silver. Holy shnike. I know. You didn't see any of this coming, did you? Bam. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm gonna I thought we were going to have all the same medals, and you're no. just, just taking me on a curveball no. lesson over here. I'm going to uppercut you left and right. This this You're an hour in right now, and I'm still going to uppercut you. Um, <laughs> obviously, Russell Crowe's the gold. I mean, I think this is his best movie. Absolutely. We've got into this. You disagree. This is a damn near perfect movie, and it doesn't work with anybody else. I don't Russell disagree. Crow. I love Russell Crowe in this oh, really? movie. Uh, it's his best movie. That's the part you disagreed on earlier. And oh yes, I said I don't know if it's it's. It, it is. If you say yeah. a good year, you're gonna get uppercut again. It's go go gonna, for it, Jeff. You're gonna say L.A. Confidential, I think. L.A. Confidential is probably it's, my it's favorite fantastic. movie with Russell Crowe. It's fantastic. But I don't think it's Russell. But I think this is Russell Crowe's best performance. So I I think we're both right. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's his best performance. So that's what I'll give you for sure. I just like LA Confidential yeah. more, but I love I love Gladiator. So. Jeff, give us your medals. Ridley Scott, bronze. Um, obviously, this is a movie of accurate proportions. He handles it great. Not his best movie, but he, he handles it with care. Gets the bronze. This next one was tough. I so wanted to give Joaquin Phoenix the gold. Um, I'm giving him the silver. Mm-hmm. Joaquin's performance is freaking amazing in this film. Yeah, uh, I mean it's like next level good. The acting's mm-hmm. probably even better than Russell Crowe's, but unfortunately, Russell Crowe or fortunately, I mean how we look at it, Russell Crowe owns this movie. I do think this is his best performance. Right. I will forever think of him as Gladiator. Yep. Uh, I it's one of those like where you can't separate him from the role. Even um, he's had some great performances, uh, but this uh, takes the cake. Um, easy, like, as much as I wanted to give Joaquin the silver, and I, I was tempted to the very last minute, I can't do it. I gotta give it to gold to Russell. Yeah. Um, Ridley, a distant bronze. Uh, Nico. Distant bronze. Yeah. What's your. Uh, Wait, Mark, you gotta oh, give me medals Sorry, real Mark. quick. Yeah. My medals? Joaquin Phoenix got the bronze medal. Russell Crowe got the silver medal. Damn you. And Ridley Scott got the gold medal. Oh, I don't know yeah. what you guys are talking about. Oh, this, when you think Bay, of Gladiator, what do you think of? I think of the soundtrack. Russell Crowe. Okay, you think of the soundtrack, and you think of Russell Crowe. And I guess no, we I all think, think of different things, because <laughs> I think of the action set I think of Joaquin Phoenix next. I think of the action set pieces. I don't think of, let me watch Gladiator so I can watch Joaquin Phoenix talk. I don't think of, let me watch Gladiator so I can, let me, let me see Russell Crowe. Let me see Russell Crowe talk. I say, let me watch Gladiator so I can watch the Battle of Carthage. And who made that happen? Ridley fucking Scott made that happen. <laughs> Gold medal for Ridley Scott. You guys are crazy. Drop Let's that go. Drop that mic. Yeah, Jeff, you, you got some midnight ponderings other than thinking Alien is so much better than Gladiator? What yeah, else you got, buddy? That, that was a tangent. <laughs> I, why did they ride until sunrise to kill Maximus? Why wouldn't they just do it right there on base? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know why they had to take. I don't know why they had to take him somewhere just to kill him. Like that is a fair pondering. <laughs> this one catch you up past midnight, huh, Jeff? It is a good. Yeah. It's a good pondering. I mean, I think he might have woken up from a dead sleep, saying, "You know what? Why that didn't work?" <laughs> I, it, it, I pondered on that. Uh, how much does Game of Thrones owe to this movie? I oh, saw yeah. a little bit a of incest. Time. I saw some. Oh, I yeah. saw that battle scene in the beginning. That battle scene looked like it was like studied by Weiss, Weiss yeah. and uh, uh, his partner um, for and, Game of Thrones. And it wasn't yellow; it was blue, just like Game of Thrones. It, yeah, exact. There you go. 
what? <laughs> exactly. That took me a minute, Nico, but I got there. <laughs> was Lucius Maximus's kid? Or did they have an affair? What the hell was going? I could never yeah. figure it out. Like, he was married. Oh, they definitely slept together back in the day. And was Lucius, Lucius is his safe kid? now. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think they definitely alluded that he definitely slept with Lucia back in the day. Oh, yeah, they had a relationship. For yeah. sure, they had a relationship. And he punished and... himself and feels guilty. Yeah, yeah, we're supposed to believe he's a hero, a leader, and, and a good human, so they wouldn't actually tell us. Yeah, we don't know. That's a whole other movie. Yeah, but a that's a good pondering. That was a pondering. Yeah, uh, that is a good pondering. Um, perf- that's all I got for ponderings. <laughs> okay, so I've got a couple of ponderings. So you talked about Joaquin Phoenix, and I don't want to leave Joaquin Phoenix high and dry because I also agree he's fucking special in this movie. Uh-huh. And I had a pondering. Do we forget about how good Joaquin Phoenix is as a villain in this movie? Because we never really talk about him being such a great villain when we talk about epic villains. But when I rewatched this, I certainly thought about him being a pretty damn good villain. He might be one between... of the best villains in movie history. I know, but we never think about it. But before rewatching this, we never thought about that. I'm just saying, we've never talked about it in conversation. Um, the actor that played Jeffrey in Game of Thrones based his entire performance on Joaquin oh, Phoenix's yeah, performance in sure, yeah. Gladiator. For sure. He, he admits Ramsey, it. He says that. Ramsey's got it. some in it, too. Yeah, Joffrey and Ramsey. I totally, yeah. totally see it. Yeah. For both of them. I can, too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And... um. Oh, here's another ponder. Well, the reason he does long... it... Oh, keep oh, going. Wait. Sorry. Yeah, go on and pondering. Ponder yeah, on. on. Yeah, next ponder, guys. How long would you guys have lasted in the Coliseum? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Over under Mike Tyson fight in the 80s, late 80s, or in the Coliseum? <laughs> Which one would you rather have to be in? <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, the guy that pees himself is pretty accurate, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, you're listening to that thundering sound, and you're just like, fuck, man, I'm a slave. I don't know how to fight. I got the yellow dot on me. I don't have the red dot. <laughs> it's just, it's bad news, man. So I was like, how long would I last in there? Not good. Not good. The, the chick with the arrow, I might be the first shot. Boom. <laughs> Little history for you. Um, the first Jersey chasers were actually gladiator chasers. Ah. Roman Women of Roman nobility would often sneak away from their husbands to go sleep with the gladiators and the slave pets. Really? <laughs> they fucking, oh, they were like rock stars. They were wow. literally like the Michael But they Jordans were slaves. Their, but they were slaves. Yeah, they, they, well, they, they didn't want to They were slaves with endorsements and groupies. This is the weirdest this, this, professional weird, sporting thing they treated I've them ever. Like, they <laughs> treated them like kings. And yet the women would go sneak away to sleep with them. The only rule was that every day they had to fight to the death. And if they survive, they might get to sleep with another Roman noblewoman. Yeah, that's true. Nico, you got any ponderings? None. Nico, what have we missed? This is a damn near perfect movie. There's no goddamn ponderings for me. I slept well after watching this movie. <laughs> oh, you missed a lot, fellas. I'm surprised you you my category, you didn't touch anything, and I'm just shocked. I was by trying this. to leave it. Maybe to you, we man. left you some. We left you some gold. I for have pages once. of notes and things you may have missed, but I was gonna let you. I, I oh, you're gonna let me. Oh, okay. All right, let's get it. Uh, <laughs> let's go party so, time for you guys jeff you have to tell me if i canceled you out on any of these okay We're gonna, I'm gonna to sit shine. here i'm gonna sit here and put you through minutes just like you put me through minutes in career corner so get ready to get uppercut and sit through it all right the gladiator theme song from now we are free just which i've been singing it is actually a made-up language that Lisa Gerard used since childhood to talk to God. I mean, how crazy is that? I mean, she obviously did the music with Hans Zimmer on this movie. I just thought it was crazy that they'd be sitting in a studio and she'd be like, hey, there's actually this language I made up. I've been talking to God since I was a kid. Let's put it in this. And what a smash hit it became. So I thought that was awesome. Um, and it did become a smash hit, regardless of whether or not you loved Nico's rendition or not. <laughs> but the Hans Zimmer score, it is one of the best-selling movie soundtracks of all time. Uh-huh. Uh, is it really? I did not know it that. Absolutely okay. is. Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. It is. I had. That. Movie... I didn't have Nick stuff, but I did have that, Mark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this movie is. Credited... I totally thought that you would have. Had... <laughs> um, the injuries on Russell Crowe's face in the opening battle scene were actually real. He got roughed up in filming this thing, boys. Uh, another goof that you may have missed is the morning after the battle when Maximus is getting his horse, a crew member in blue jeans walks backwards through the frame. 
that cracked me up, and I actually had to rewind the three-hour version a few times just to catch it, but it's there. It's there. So, the scenes when Maximus picks up dirt before battle signifies mortality and the possibility that he could die and return soil back to the earth. I caught that only three times. I didn't see any significance through it, but I did, once looking back after reading this, I was like, ah, makes tons of sense. This movie surpassed a $103 million budget in two weeks, and I think was way exceeded expectations. Obviously, the soundtrack did too, but thank God for that. This movie was shot in chronological order. This is Russell Crowe's favorite movie he's ever done. I love that too, because we've argued over this. The real Marcus Aurelius died of the plague. River Phoenix had Crowe rough him up between the scenes to hype him up. Russell Crowe started filming a few weeks after The Insider in which he lost 40 pounds during that period. I don't know what he did, but... Yeah, I got that, actually. He him said he Christian... did nothing special. He just yeah, went yeah. To back to his farm and did normal farm work. And yeah, and all it takes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Farmers. Um, you already mentioned the Gladiators had endorsements and obviously groupies, but they also were vegetarian. What? Um, really? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> and in one of the scenes, they show him eating meat. I know. I told you he's going to uppercut your asses. Oh. Here we go. Okay. Um, so the writer, David Franzoni, he was actually inspired by this movie because he was traveling Europe earlier in his life. And he received a book that basically inspired it. And uh, I'm missing on my notes here what that book is called. But he basically was inspired to write this through travels and through his reading. Uh, times I Should Have Died, or your, Times I Should Have Died is the name of the book. Uh, when he was in DreamWorks pitching to Steven Spielberg, this film, it took about two minutes. Basically, all Steven Spielberg needed to hear was Roman Coliseum fighting. And he's like, all right, let's make this movie. I talked about that earlier. I thought that was fucking fantastic. Um, this is the first Best Picture winner not to win direct, Best Director or Screenplay in about 50 years. And the last thing I got is... The Oscars didn't give Ridley his gold either. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Good job. So Russell Crowe did hate the screenplay, and he made fun of that. It had to be rewritten several times, but basically he hated the line, I'll get my vengeance in this life or the next. And his famous line is, whatever, I'll make this happen. I'm the best actor in the world. And that just, that literally had me cackling the (laughs) fuck out loud. No wonder Oliver Reed hated it. (laughs) I'm the best actor in the world. Actually, let me requote. Your lines are shit, but whatever. I'm the best actor in the world, so I'll make this work. That's fucking fantastic, Nick. That's a great find. Yeah. So he knew he was in the middle of the greatest three-year run in history, Mark. So there you have it. Anyway, um, what else you got, Nick? That's it. That's it. I got one more thing. It's a story that's got to be told. Joaquin Phoenix was incredibly nervous on set, and he would ask Russell Crowe to rough him up before their big scenes together. Yeah, I mentioned that. I love it. Oh, you did? Did you talk about them getting drunk? No, tell me. Oh, so no. So Russell Crowe goes to uh, Richard Harris, and he says, mate, what are we going to do with this kid? I'm going to kill him if I just keep abusing him before takes. Harris thought about it for a while and replied, let's get him pissed drunk. And over the course of the next several hours and several pints of Guinness later, Crow and Harris relaxed their co-star. So yeah. during certain scenes of this movie, Joaquin Phoenix is piss drunk. That's actually more common than you think, though. As long as you can remember your lines, I think it's, it's, it happens on set more than you think. But I love it. I do. I do love it. Final thoughts. Uh, I'll get... Nico, what yeah. do you got? Final thoughts. Uh... You love this movie. I mean, we all love it. I, I I mean, well, I don't know if Jeff does. I think <laughs> I think if you just watch this every year, every other year, you're just going to feel inspired. And, and that's how I felt. And I'm so glad that we did this one. This is obviously going to be one of my favorite that we've done. I'm not exaggerating for theatrical sake. I really did love this movie. I love rewatching it. Every time I do, it just gives me the goosebumps in all the right moments. And I think looking back at the 20-year history of this, I just underappreciate it every single time. And again, I'm moving up to my top 50. So... I love it. Jeff, final thoughts? Like I said at the beginning, they don't move, make movies like this anymore, and they probably yeah. never will again. Uh, it This this movie's excellent. Yeah. Mark? Good stuff. Close Good us stuff. out. Well, you know, this movie, it's a top 100 film of all time for me. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of Even here. Even though it feels a little long nowadays, 
It takes us on one man's extraordinary journey that takes time to unfold. What can we say? How can you not root for Maximus Decimus Meridius? Russell Crowe and Ridley Scott made magic with Gladiator, and it'll forever be remembered as a great film. Thanks for listening, everybody, to another edition of Movie Tales. On behalf of Nick, Jeff, and myself, we'll be back with another episode soon. Take care.